Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 27. Tony, do you have a jersey for number 27 this week? You know, there should be, because there are some some 27s out there, but I, I got one. For you. it's escaping me. I got one for you. Who do you got? Uh, let, I'll give you a hint. Uh, early trivia. Uh, baseball Hall of Famer this year. Get going going to be inducted this year. Shoot. Multiple World Series MVP. What team? Uh give it away. Um That's kind of what I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that took us fifty two seconds this week. Um I'm trying to think here. He played for the Minnesota Twins early in his career before he made his name elsewhere. <laughs> I don't know anybody on the Twins, but even Kirby Puckett, but he <laughs> obviously was there for the long haul. Yeah, see. Um, oh, David Ortiz. There you go. Yes, David Ortiz. We're going to call this the David Ortiz episode. Big poppy. Yeah, Big Poppy. Yes, Big Poppy. So, uh, yes, the David Ortiz, number 27 this week. And Tony and I, this week, we are going to talk about coaching in the postseason, uh, preparing for the postseason. Now, um, you know, as, as we said the other day, uh, my season is unfortunately over. Uh, Tony's regular season is over, but he'll be helping out his varsity squad as they head down the tournament trail. And we've both been down this road a, a number of times uh, because we are experienced. We are not the other word, Tony. Uh, so we wanted to dive into this. We thought it was a good week to talk about just some things that we've done in the past to make deep tournament runs. And, uh, you know, so do you want me to start this week, Tony? Yeah, I think I started last week, so it, it should be your turn. Uh, I really think one of the most important things that you have to think about with your team around tournament time is to make sure that you have enough rest. Uh, I really feel like uh, your practices at this time should be 60 to 75 minutes, a lot of shooting, minimal contact. Now, you st- I still believe that you have to have contact. I still believe you have to work on your shell drill. I think you got to go full out. Uh, but short, quick bursts. If, if, if you don't have your press breakdown in 50, 55 practices by this point, the 56 practice probably isn't going to make much of a difference uh, if you're spending 20 minutes, a half hour going over your press break. Uh, so for me, one of my major concerns is making sure we are as rested as we can be. And and, and with that, uh, or a byproduct of that, uh, Tony, is making sure that we're as healthy as we can be. Uh, and and uh, the phrase that I've often used is rest over reps. I mean, we've had three months to get our reps in, and we still need good, sharp, quick reps. Uh, But the most important thing is making sure that your team is fully ready to go for competition because right now you're 32 minutes away from your season being over, and that's the most important thing to me. So uh, that's where I'll start out uh, with it this week, Tony. Um, you can comment on that. You can throw something else out there, but uh, that's that's always been really important to me. Yeah, I'll do a little bit of both. Um, okay. You know, I, I agree. You know, this time of the year, you know, 
you've got maybe some little tweaks here and there, uh, just, you know, because there's obviously a lot of film out there on you. As you take a look at your next opponent, you know, you might have a little bit of a different look on some things for them potentially. But, but I agree. I mean, it's one of those things where you want to get in there, you want to go hard and you want to get out. Um, you know, I would say, you know, 75 to 90 minutes in terms of your, your practice length. Uh-huh. Um, when you go to review stuff, you can obviously do it, you know, five on O, um, you know, and just kind of make sure you've got that game speed. But I also agree you've got to still have a little bit of contact. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if you want to be reckless with it, uh-huh. with your contact where, you know, you get an ankle sprained or you get, you know, uh, some type of contusion or whatever the case may be. So yeah, I would reiterate a lot of what you said there. The other thing I would throw at you as well. I mean, you brought down or brought up, I'm sorry, that your season could be over in 32 minutes. And that's one thing that, you know, as you, you head into that part of things, keeping things loose and fun as well. Um, If you let them dwell on that too much, next thing you know, you've got some seniors who are playing awfully tight. And, you know, the next thing you know, you got this plucky underdog that's, that's, you know, pushing you maybe more than what they should. Um, but yeah, I, I think you've got to keep it fun and light and, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, you're, you're still going out there. You've tried to win however many games you've played where that's 2021 20, all season long. Um, so there's really no extra pressure. You're just going out there and doing what you've been doing. You're not trying to grow six inches overnight or improve your vert by a foot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you still want to make sure you, you're, you're doing what you've been doing. You know, it's just now it's postseason and, you know, the stakes are a little bit higher and you want to go out there and play loose, have fun, play well and keep that momentum going. Yeah, you got to remember what you got, there, what got you there um, yep. and, and, and whatever that style of play was. <clears throat> Excuse me, Tony. If you continue to advance, you want to keep you want to keep that mentality going. If you've been successful, uh, no reason to to upset the apple cart or, or reinvent the wheel in that regard. So, uh, what else you got, Tony? You know, the other thing that you t- you take a look at as well with the whole postseason plan and different things, um, you know, is just making sure that you're locked in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the film session. You want to make sure it's similar. You know, you don't want all of a sudden say you've been spending, you know, 15, 30 minutes watching clips here and there with them. And the next thing you know, you go break out an hour and a half, two hour film session. Yeah. You know, you want to keep things as normal as what you possibly can so that, you know, like like we kind of talked about earlier, they don't get odd by the moment. Mm-hmm. And just make sure you've got your clips in terms of, hey, this is the main set that they run. Here are a couple quick hitters. Uh, here are some, you know, they're out of bounds plays. Uh, when we press them, this is what they'll do against our press. And you just make sure that they've got those keys because, you know, you don't want to get into paralysis by analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that you got to have faith in your system. And again, they, they know they know the inning. They know the score. They realize that they're playing in a district championship game or a sub-state game or whatever name you want to use and in whatever state that you're in. So simplify it. Uh, I guess a phrase you could use is put a shell around your team. Uh, protect your team in that regard. Uh, you know, emphasize that, you know, we're going to we're gonna kind of hunker down here. Um, make things simple for your team. Uh, I think it's really important, Tony, if you could give your kids a schedule as much as you can. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, you know, we, we don't play till Friday night. Uh, 
big game Friday night. So on Monday, here's our practice schedule. Uh, we're going three. 3.30 to, to 5. Tuesday, we're going 3.30 to 4.45 with a 10-minute with a film session afterwards. So forth and so on. Uh, so I, I think that that's uh, important that you communicate heavily and, and, and consistently with your players and your, and your parents as, as well. Uh, what's your schedule going to be? This is the time of year where parents want to do a little extra. Uh, they want to have that extra pasta feed. They want to do maybe this, that, whatever it may be, which which is a great problem to have. But you have to keep the main thing the main thing. And, and all that stuff, the fluff, really doesn't matter if your team isn't playing well and moving forward as well. So I think it's really important that you kind of put that shell around them. Uh, make sure that they understand what your schedule is going to be, how long you're going to go. Again, it's more about the mental than it is the physical because all things being equal in most cases, the teams are probably going to be fairly even physically the further down the line you go. Uh, so what are the ways that you can stay fresh mentally and also release some of that pressure mentally as well? Um, anything else on that, Tony? Yeah, um, you know, in a lot of it, like you're, you're kind of referring to, Marty, is just you, you've set up your schedule. You have a routine. Keep doing those same things. You know, uh, don't don't all of a sudden kind of veer off. You know, uh, one of the things that, you know, we, we try to do all year, and again, coaching sophomores is a little bit different than varsity, but I would send them a schedule for the week, whether it was Saturday or Sunday, so they knew what the week what what you know lay ahead of them i would make sure our scouting reports uh were about a page and a half long and mm. so when you get into the postseason i wouldn't turn into you know these marathon scouting reports with them and then mm. you know our group has a little bit of a different challenge right now they go in as the number one overall seed and we were supposed to play our last regular season game on thursday but got snowed out it wasn't a conference opponent so they didn't have to make it up. And so they played Monday. They weren't interested in playing us on Friday or Saturday or whatever the case may be. So our guys get a bye on Monday and won't play until next Friday. So they'll have a week and a half off. So what ended up happening, um, is after we didn't, you know, we knew what was going on. We, we practiced Friday. It was pretty light day off Saturday. Uh, today they brought in some officials and had an air squad scrimmage, so they could keep in that game mentality, that game focus. And so they had a real quick hour-long inter-squad scrimmage, and then they'll get ready Monday through Thursday. So now they have four days where they'll focus in. And, and, and tomorrow will be a little bit more general because we don't know who the opponent is yet. But Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you'll get more game plan specific. Hey, this is what they like to do. This is how we're going to counter it, you know, and, and this, that, and the other. So, yeah, there's there's uh, some moving parts there that you definitely have to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Coaches, do you want to look good? Pfft, stupid question. Of course you want to look good. We all want to look good. You know what's the best way to look good? Buying yourself some a pen and a napkin merchandise. We've got some really, really good looking stuff here. We've got t-shirts and sweatshirts, and you are not going to regret picking that up. T-shirts are $22 a piece. Sweatshirts are $30 a piece. If I need to mail it to you, it's just $5 shipping and handling to get this good looking stuff out to you. Coaches, I appreciate all that you've done for me over the last three years or so with a pen and a napkin. I hope I've been able to help you out. 
Might as well come out and help out the Twitter handle and the podcast by ordering some of Pen and a Napkin merchandise. And like I said, you get to look good. If you're interested in ordering, you can DM me on Twitter at a pen and a napkin, send me a direct message, or you can email me a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, and I'll get you those ordering details so that you can order some a pen and a napkin merchandise. I uh, I think it's really important as as you prepare for Friday, Tony. I think one of the things that you really do in the postseason as well is you you tell your team how we're going to win. And, and be pretty specific with that. Here's the areas. We're going to win this game because we do this and this and this. I think the the tone that you set with your team as you're preparing for whomever you play on Friday night, whoever the Cougars play. Uh, I'm sure John's going to be, hey, we're going to beat whomever. We'll just say East High. Uh, we're going to beat East High by doing this and this and this. And if you do these two or three things... We're going to be in really great shape, and you want your teams, uh, you want your teams to come out aggressively, Tony. I think that's a, a big thing. You know, a lot of times players come out big games; they play a little tight. Uh, they understand again; they, they they feel the moment, and the teams that go out with the mentality of aggression and the teams not afraid to make mistakes are the ones that usually have a lot of success. So I think it's really important that you as a coach set a tone about how aggressive we're going to be. And here are the ways we're going to win on Friday night. And if we do the following stuff, we're going to be in great shape, kids. Uh, so that's that's something I've tried to do when preparing my teams as well. Is And, and not to say that we don't do it on on. January 5th, let alone March 5th. We do that on on January 5th as well. But there's just an extra emphasis on here's the positives, here's the here's the things we're going to do to make this happen for us. Now you got to go out and do it, kids. Yeah, and I think, you know, kind of those like you're, what you're talking about, positive language with them, you know, is just know that you're you're still in attack mentality, you know. Mm-hmm. You're not defending anything. You are attack. You're going out there. You're the aggressor. You're going to make them, uh, you know, feel you, if you will. You're going to make them have to uh, adjust to you. We're, you know, we're not adjusting to them. They're adjusting to us. We're the aggressor here. We're going to come out. And we're going to set the tempo. We're going to dictate how this game is played, and just making sure that you know you continue to use positive language in terms of kind of painting that that mental imagery with them mm-hmm. yeah I've, tr- I've tried to do that in practice um especially with our shooting you know i'm just hey keep shooting it that way mary hey billy hey love the way you're you're, you're letting that three go keep keep letting that thing fly man and and especially the shooting part of it, I think is is really really important to the mentality of your players. As you get into those last two or three weeks, you're really outlining those positive things, especially with them shooting the ball, so that they feel confident when they need to take that big shot. When you're up four and you feel like you've got a chance to make it a six or seven point game, you know they're ready to shoot that shot with confidence. So that's something you know you're talking about positive mentality, positive language. I think that's another thing that I've tried to do over the years is is put that out there as well so uh, what else you got Tony you know it, Marty it's just kind of dovetailing off that one of the analogies that I use you know right wrong or indifferent I just we talk about things like you know picture a vacation 
if you go on vacation, you're not going to sit in the hotel and watch TV and do stuff like that. You're going to get out there. You're going to enjoy it. And this is the same type of thing. As you get into the postseason, this is where memories are made. This is where legacies are made. Um, This is the the fun time. This is that tournament mentality uh, where it's all on the line and you've got all those dreams that you've been chased after and working hard for. This is what it's for. So let's get out there. Let's grab the bull by the horns, if you will. Uh, let's let's you know let's go out there and let's enjoy this and let's have fun because this is why we've put in the time and the sacrifice and the discipline and effort and stuff that we've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have I kind of get to the point uh, the last week or so of the regular season and I really try to sell it to my kids in that. Listen, if if I had any great ideas, if I had great motivational tools to give you. I would have given those to you already in the first three months of the season. Now, now it's your time. You know the coaches, the coaches' jobs are, are pretty well done at this point. Now it's time for players to make plays, and of course, you know we're going to try and steer, steer you in the right direction with scouting reports and and things like that. I'm not saying that that our job is completely over with, but when it comes down to it, players make plays, and and you sell your kids on the the ownership of hey, you just go out, just go out and do what you do. And and play to the best of your ability, and you've got to realize that this is your time to go out and and let it fly. You know, play aggressively, make aggressive mistakes. We know we're going to make mistakes. Make them be aggressive mistakes, and let's let's finish this thing out strong. So I I, I think that's a big part of it as well. Um, I agree. One of the things that I really think you work on with your teams. As the as the postseason starts to to creep in, I think you work on on offense and talking about shooting. I think you work a lot, on, and this sounds rudimentary, uh, Tony, but you know just as well as I do. A lot of games are decided by which teams get the most easy shots, and when I you know work with you know really emphasize to your team making layups and making free throws. And in your defensive scheme, we're not going to give up easy shots. We're not going to give up easy points. And I think that, you know, as the season goes along, you, you do, you get more conservative. I understand that. But you emphasize to your team why it's so important to get back in defensive transition, why we need to, you know, and whatever your your transition philosophy is. And, and when you're working on your fundamentals in practice, you, you don't forget about your fundamental skill development and especially getting a bunch of reps in from the free throw line and working on making layups and contested layups around the basket because, you know, heck, Tony, we just got back from, we just got back from Lincoln about, a, you know, 45 minutes ago and it, early in the game, Maryland missed three or four really easy putbacks that if they if they put them in they probably win the game in regulation by 8 or 10 points but you got to you got to finish those easy opportunities and that comes with you know repping that in practice going up and finish that so i think that's a big emphasis for our teams as well during this time of the year yeah, and another thing to keep in mind when you make out those those practice plans this time of the year um special situations you yeah. know whether those are you know uh, last shot of a quarter, whether that is you're up three and there's a minute and a half to play, and you kind of review strategy and what you want to do in those situations. Um, whether it is you've got to go the full length of the court with two seconds left, um, you know. But yeah, I mean, practice those things, and, and it's not just like 
you know, right now for a handful of days. It's something that, you know, as you get into February, you probably should have been doing. But this is something I would really make sure to emphasize and highlight this time of the year. And then another thing, too, if you are a younger coach and this is kind of a time that, you know, you you haven't done this very much and maybe you have that that mentor, reach out to them. One of the things that really helped us a lot when I was in Hudson, uh, we made the state tournament first time. a a team that I coached made the state tournament. I reached out to Tony Pappas at Waterloo West and said, Hey, you know, what, what can you tell me? He's like, you're going to think I'm crazy here, but the basketballs have too much air in them at state. You really don't want to practice with (laughs) the basketballs aired up too much. And lo and behold, Marty, we get there and those things are overinflated and hard. Uh And thank goodness we had practiced. Uh Yo, it's, it's little things like that, that you ask people that have been there. Uh, I remember the first year we qualified for nationals uh, when I was at Briarcliff with Mike Power and and uh, Jamie Sale and and Dr. Ken Rodas uh, and and this is another thing to think about. Uh, your schedule is different, especially when you get to the state tournament. Obviously, there's state tournament games at nine nine thirty in the morning, and his big piece of advice for us that first run through. Speaking of mentors and people to help you out. He told us, he told us uh, two big things. If you're going to play at nine o'clock in the morning, you need to start practicing in the morning for the next week, so your kids are used to getting their bodies up and going that early in the morning. So, for that week, we were up and practicing at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, so that by nine o'clock, we were really ready to go. Uh, the other big advice that Rody gave us, I remember that year. Put in one new out-of-bounds play that you haven't put in all year and rep the, rep the snot out of it. And one new set play that you can run against zone or man and rep the snot out of it for that week. Just so you have something that you can run that somebody hasn't seen on film. Uh, because obviously most teams are going to have, uh, especially in today's age with huddle, uh, it's, it's different back when we started, Tony, and you're mailing VHSs through the mail. and that I remember type of those stuff. days. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's, you know, people are going to have you figured out. Anybody worth their salt is going to have your, your, your sets figured out, your, your out of bounds plays figured out. A lot of those tendencies figured out, but so you've got to come up with something that you can have that is not on the scouting report that the other team hasn't seen yet. And that's something that, you know, let's say you're playing in the state tournament on Monday and you know, you, you've got five practices you rep that out-of-bounds play 10 to 15, 10 minutes a day, and you rep that set play 10 minutes a day and so that you, your kids feel confident when you, call, when you call Cleveland on Monday, they're ready to go. So I, 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 think the, I, I love that thought, Tony, of reaching out to a mentor and asking their advice about little things like you and I have just talked about uh, there. I think that's really important. I also think it's really important if you're a head coach – you can't do everything. Um, I got a great thing, and and this was you know part of my problem at my old job is is sometimes I felt like I I had to do everything, and at this time of the year, if you're the head coach, if it doesn't involve winning, have somebody else do it. Your mind needs to be clear. Your mind needs to be focused. And with that being said, Tony. You're going to be keyed up enough as it is. You need to find some downtime so that when you feel like you're fully prepared, 
basketball-wise, you're not worried about ordering state tournament t-shirts or getting the buses set up for this or that or what are we going to do with the pep rally or any of this other stuff. Delegate everything that has nothing to do with winning. And as the head coach, you lock in on the winning part of it. That's very important, you know, and I hope, you know, as, as John's staff that we look to take some of the things off his plate as as we go. Um, and, and he does a good job. Uh, one of his assistants, I think we've talked about this before, he really is more of the director of basketball operations. Yep. They kind of have that little bit of a, a college twist there, too. You know, and Marty, the other thing that you mentioned that I thought was really good, you know, in terms of, like, teams know you. And so hopefully, as you've been working with your team all year long, you have taught them how to play and not just how to run plays. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's huge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching. And during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Tony, it is time once again for our pen and a napkin trivia here on the coaching staff. But first, of course, the third annual pen and a napkin coaches clinic, Saturday, April the 1st, Fort Calhoun, Nebraska, Europe, of course, the headlining act. Tony, Buckner and Garcia fell through. I am I am sad to say that you will not have Pac-Man fever. Dang it. Yeah. What about the Jay Giles band? <sighs> They're just a little too big, I, you know. I mean, this is, you know, in Omaha this summer, we're we're headlining uh, Def Leppard and Motley Crue at the baseball stadium, and I don't want anybody to overshadow Europe. Um, so, uh, but you know what you could see if you do come to Fort Calhoun on Saturday, April the first, Tony. What's that? You could see possibly, and again, talks are continually in motion. You could see. 99 Luff Balloons. Because Nana, Nana is in talks here. They are in talks. We're going to go with an all-European lineup. Possibly, again, Nana has to agree to it. Um, I can't speak German, so the translation is a little rough here. Uh, so we're going to see here. We're going to see what, what Nana has to say. Will you pay them in euros or dollars? 
Uh, <laughs> again, it's all part of the negotiation. I gave you all my Arby's coupons, so that's kind of which I'm sorry to use. I think they expire on the 27th, so I've only got a little over a week left. Oh God, Rita's going to be tired of eating roast beef sandwiches here pretty soon. So you did use some of the coupons you said though on Friday, yeah. What'd you use? Which one? Uh, it was. Uh, two meals for ten ninety nine. Oh. I don't know how you can beat that. <laughs> date night. date night at the Viss house. It was a Sarvi's date night. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Was was did how how hard uh, how long did Rita's eyes take to roll out of the top of her uh, eyelids uh, when, when you suggested Arby's for a date night? Rita's a big Arby's fan, oh, so okay. she was she was pretty pretty pleased with that one. Ah, I I have found I have found a little sweet spot with Miss Rita Viss. It's true. All right, sounds good. Well, Tony, it is your turn for trivia. It is your turn. You said this is a good question this week. You ready? I. I <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Name the two players that are tied. For the most number of all-star appearances, and what number are they tied at? So what is their record number of appearances? Now, real quick, I want to give you an update uh, in the all-star game because it's on as we speak. It is a defensive is a defensive struggle here, 99-92 at the half. Oh, boy. Wow, they are really checking people up there, aren't they? Oh, yeah, I just flashed that on here. Um I feel very confident in my initial answer. I don't think I need any. I don't think I need any tips. I don't need. I, I think I've got this one, Tony. All righty, here we go. I believe it is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and LeBron James with eighteen All-Star appearances combined. I want to say you are correct on who it is. I think your All-Star appearances are off. But I could be wrong on that one. You might want to, you might want to double check me when I when we get to the correct answer. What I believe to be the correct answer. So you don't even know the answer that I you looked have. it up, it's- Marty. I'm telling you, I think it's I. I think it's not 18. Is it 19? It is 19. Okay, all right. Because because they've both played 20 years. So yep. gotcha. So yep. I, I I felt very good about 18 or 19. I went with 18. Um, but I, I was, I knew I would get it within three guesses. I, I, let's put it that way. So, okay. But I knew it was Kareem and I knew it was Kareem and I knew it was LeBron. So, cause they are the, obviously the two all time leading scores. So yep. makes, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that, that does make perfect sense. And they've both played for about a hundred years. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. All right. Sporting event you're looking forward to this week, Tony. You know, uh, right now I'm in the middle of watching the All-Star game. I'm uh, going to continue to pay attention to college basketball. NBA is just, you know, with, with them being at the All-Star break, uh, I think they end up with a few more days off after this. So they should be ready to come back maybe towards the end of the week. But I'm just NBA, I don't really start paying attention until like you. Yeah. Understandable. Understandable. Yourself? Yeah. Um, little off the beaten path here, Tony. We're, uh, Carla and I are really excited. Our son, our, our middle child, uh, Carter, plays for the men's volleyball club team up at South Dakota State. 
and this weekend he is uh, they are hosting their first tournament that they've ever hosted for their men's club team and so we are driving up to Brookings on Friday to watch him play volleyball all day on Saturday so selfishly and I know you know you could follow them live on Facebook live if you like South Dakota State Jackrabbits men's club volleyball team on the Facebook uh, so you could watch it, folks, if you really want to tune in and watch my son Carter play some volleyball later on uh, or on Saturday. Feel free to to, to tap in there. So, uh, but uh, so so that's a little off the beaten path, a little bit different, a little selfish dad situation. Uh, he's been doing this. Uh, he did it last year uh, as a freshman. He's playing again this year, and we've never seen him play in a in a tournament yet. So we're really excited to go up. Uh, proud dad moment. Um, to to go to go see him so uh we've got that and then yeah just uh we talked a little bit about it the other day uh life moment uh a week from tuesday we we have senior night uh down at uh down at lincoln and uh we're just taping this on sunday night like said tony said you know he's watching the all-star game uh we got back from uh you know, we got back from Lincoln about 25 minutes before we started taping this, and Nebraska had a huge overtime win against Maryland uh, today. So we're still flying a little bit high from that. Uh, you know, uh, kids have just played really, really hard, and it's been a real fun group to follow and watch this season. It's 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 been a really good deal. So, uh, so that's that's where I'm at, Tony. That's that's what we've got going on. So, alrighty, yeah. So, uh, anything else this week, buddy? No, I think we hit on some good stuff there. Postseason, you know, you just you don't want to let pressure get to them, and then just make sure, like we said, you know, get in there, uh, get it wrapped up. Make mm-hmm. sure you, you know, you're doing what you've been doing. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. That way, uh, they can stay in routine. They don't, you know, get that added pressure to them, and then they just go out there and continue to to make sure they're being, uh, you know proactive rather than reactive yeah and, and and i think that you as a coach a big part of your job is selling that that this is it's not a big deal uh i know what i try to do and again you're you're human and you get, sometimes it gets the better part of you uh, i really try to stay r- even extra calm on the sidelines during okay. tournament play really try to sit and just watch Try not to say a whole lot. Now, obviously, there's times where you need to say some things, but uh, I, I think your body language, how you handle stuff, uh, you know, creates some situations in your practices where you have some fun, where you where you let the air out of the balloon a little bit, so to speak. Uh, so, you know. I don't know if it's watching some funny clips. Maybe you have a real good huddle guy that could put together some bloopers of some stuff that's happened during the year, or or think of a fun uh, activity that's that's you know do a skit in practice or whatever it may be, uh, just to just to decompress a little bit because the kids are going to feel the pressure, especially if you've got a pretty good team and you're going through this run for the the first time as a younger coach. Uh, or, or, or if your school hasn't been there for a while, like, you know, Tony, I'm guessing that first year you went to state at Hudson, uh, had it been a while since the, since the school had been, been there? a day or two, what's that? It had been a day or two. Yeah. yeah. It had been, uh, decades. Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing there was some community pressure, so to speak with that. Yes. Yeah. So the kids are going to feel it. 
Uh, I know our kids kind of felt it. Our boys felt it a little bit last year. Uh, it had been a day or two at our place since our boys had made the state tournament uh, last year. Uh, 99 years, to be precise. Uh, 1923 was the last time that they had made it. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when they got to that sub-state game, or in Nebraska we call them district game, district championship game, you know, that was kind of the big hump. And then once they got down to the state tournament, they just played loose and loose and relaxed. They had they had gotten the proverbial monkey off their back. And I think a big part of what you do as a coach is you is you you take that pressure off your kids by just having really good body language, uh, stepping back, not doing a lot of hooting and hollering and yelling, especially at them. You know, trying to get them to play through mistakes. And again, sometimes that's easier said than done. Uh, but I think it's something that you try to do to the best of your ability. So uh, that's another thing that I was going to throw in there earlier, Tony, and I forgot to mention that. So uh, that's on me, Mr. Viss. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. So don't find me or anything like that. So I will not do that. Okay. I'll take your silence as, as forgiveness. So, uh, so, all right. Anything else for the David Ortiz episode, Mr. Viss? I am good, sir. All right. Uh, episode number 27, uh, preparing for your, your postseason run. Ah, Tony, we forgot to get Chad Angel on here again. My apologies, Coach Angel. We will try to do our best to get you on the next time, episode number 28, and we've got another really good topic lined up for you next week. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day 